Like the day you met Nirali, was that day not very impactful? Um, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Savolino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today I have two first-year students, Megan and Narali. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to have first-year students on this cycle. Like, I just... <laughs> I feel like that would have been a missed opportunity. Tell me why you think it's a missed opportunity. Because this is what everyone wants to hear about. This is the hardest part, I feel. I think you're probably right. My thought was like, what? This is going to sound so wrong. But my thought was, what wisdom could first years bring to the show? You can't see them, audience, but they are rolling their eyes and <laughs> their mouths are agape. But my thought was like, I didn't know how much y'all would be able to impart. However, could we argue that you've been in school for about six weeks at this point? You probably It feels more like six months. So it's worth it to have you on the show. We were just talking last week and Megan's like, oh, yeah, it's only been like, what, three weeks, four weeks. I'm like, no, we just we literally just finished our fifth week. Like we've been in school for so long. Also, I feel like all the other students, like second years and third years, it becomes like normalized. Mm. And for us right now, like it's still not normal. It's fresh. (laughs) It's like a fresh limb in anatomy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so Mm -hmm. I always ask guests to tell me their hometown, where they went to school and their major. Megan, you can start. Okay, so my hometown is Switzerland, Florida. It's a little small town. I went to UF for my undergrad, and my major was animal sciences, animal biology specifically. Mm-hmm. So my name is Nirali, and I was um, I am from Brainton, Florida. I also went to UF, and I was also an animal science major. That's where Megan and I actually met. So these two are best buds. They are both on the executive board for their class. Megan is the president. Narali is the vice president, which I think is great because you clearly know how to work with each other. So that was a wonderful pairing. Um, so we'll be chatting a little bit about what the executive board experience is like and what it's like to run a class, especially like you're in a weird position because the class before you was the COVID class. So their entire first year was virtual. So the folks who would have been able to give you advice and wisdom Do you hear a lot from them like, well, we don't know. It wasn't like that for us. Like, what's that experience been like? It's We hear that a lot, and it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of annoying because then we don't know who to go to for help. So we have to usually contact someone in ASA or even go up to third or fourth years. Mm -hmm. But it's also kind of nice since they went through COVID and they had, like, Zoom and all these other things. Some of that stuff's still implemented. Mm -hmm. So we have like a mix kind of hybrid yeah. now. And so it is kind of nice to have like a unique perspective. It's weird for me who's known 10 different classes because what was normal and I could tell you this is exactly how it's going to be now. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm always, I have my hands up. I'm not really sure what's going on. So everyone's kind of in this boat together. Okay. So we're going to talk about first year. We're going to talk about the craziness of first year. And I, you're right. Like you've been out of y'all were first time applicants got in on your first try so senior year you were class of 2020 what we both graduated December 2020 December 2020 so that was only like nine months ago Mm -hmm. so this is still fresh from being an undergrad Um, but before we dive into like the differences just tell me like go ahead and just read what classes you're taking this this semester fall 2021 semester All right, so we had um, immunology and hematology, and then another class is histology and embryology. 
We have anatomy the entire semester for small animal. We also take uh, putting families first, ophthalmology, endocrinology, molecular bio, introduction to animal behavior. We're taking clinical skills the entire semester, and then we end the semester with neuroscience, and I believe I missed a couple in there. Parasitology, a whole bunch of like, some of them are only like a week long or two weeks. But I don't long. care. Read them. Tell me what they are. All of them. Yeah. Well, there's also like they're also grouped. So we have like, like animal you take systems. nutrition at some point. Not this semester. I think that's next semester. Okay. But there's a ton of classes that they're taking compared to undergrad. An undergrad semester, you're taking maybe five max classes, maybe six, depending on what kind of schedule you have. But their schedule is completely color coded, which like. I mean, I feel like we've picked really pretty colors, but it's so scary. Yeah, it's super It's super cute. It's, <laughs> it is the background of my phone, laptop, iPad. So is it, it actually? It, yes, it is. It's really fun. Um, <laughs> we're using fun um, in quotes here. We're playing fast and loose with the word fun. Just talk to me about the differences between undergrad and your first semester. Like what? Tell them. Tell them what to expect. So one thing for me is I love to plan. So having completely different classes every couple of weeks kind of throws you off that schedule at all. So you have to be able to adapt, Mm -hmm. which is a huge thing that you will learn um, as you start here. Uh, The other huge difference is that you're not in small class settings. They're very big class settings to the point where sometimes you don't even know who your classmates are, which I think is a little bit difficult because these are your colleagues, these are your peers. So you want to get to know know them better. So you just have to take more initiative to do that. Mm -hmm. The first two years, I think it's so funny because people walk around, they're like, who is that? And it's like one of their classmates. But the cool thing is once you get on the clinics, you really start to meet other folks you might not meet everybody, but you really get to know your classmates who maybe never would have talked to. But I do think in first and second year, you kind of end up like with a group and that's who you stick with. A lot of times in my experience, it's been like the anatomy group people gravitate towards. Are you seeing that? Yeah, we're seeing that. But the problem is our two, our class is split in two. For and anatomy. Then, See, yes. that's new with the, for you guys in the second years, this was a new thing. Right. So like we alter- alternate like days and we only have three to our group. So it's only two other people that you're Mm. with. And then a lot of the times that's not who you gravitate towards in actual classes because you have everyone. So it is kind of a little more mixed match than you would expect. Yeah. Is there any benefit to that? (laughs) I feel like you get to learn people outside of your group as well. So Mm -hmm. the people that you're studying with may not be the people that you're hanging out with. So you get to meet more people that way. Right. Um, I will say another hard part about having like the split classes or split class is that we don't really know anyone from group A. So like the people with the first half of the alphabet. So that makes it hard because you're like, oh, maybe I would get along with those people, but I never see them. So I don't, how do I know? We try to like, at least at five, right? We do these activities forcing everybody into, I say forcing because you have to, forcing everyone into these like leadership team building activities. And it's awkward and no one likes it at first, but then when it's over, everyone's like, oh, this was great. I got to meet somebody different. But like once you're here in school, those team building activities, like we kind of are hands off and you're doing our own thing. I wish I could force y'all into more activities like that. Yeah. I think, like, we as a class really haven't started with socials, but mm. as we start to, like, get more comfortable and do socials, that'll help. But five in particular was an amazing experience because I only knew those people other than Nerali, um, because of five. Yeah. So, like, I felt more comfortable, like, walking into a huge classroom with 100 people because right. 
I at least knew their eyes. Yeah. So maybe uh, their eyes because we had to wear masks. So for folks who like kind of don't gravitate towards orientation type experiences or team building exercises or small group activities, and you're like, oh God, I hate this. Just remember that might be the one opportunity you really get to bond with other folks. And that might help reframe that experience to be a little bit more exciting. Okay, so talk about some, I don't want to say issues, but talk about some challenges you've seen so far, like with your class and vet school and maybe COVID's playing into it, maybe it's not, but like what are some things that a first year class deals with? So I need, I know one thing for sure is that there's a lot of people with different backgrounds, right? And COVID just added to that. So there's people that haven't been away from home in so long. Mm-hmm. So they're more used to being around people that they know. Now throw them into rigorous classes, new town, places or place where they don't know many people. And you can just kind of see like people are very at very different levels and you can see the different challenges people are going through. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. And with that, people have different expectations. So yes. especially us being on the executive board, we have a very good insight in that because people come to us for their concerns and there's no way to like be palatable to everybody because everyone is at a different place like she just said and like there's non-traditional people who are like older more mature have different outlooks than these people like coming straight out of uf and knowing what it's like yeah you're so i'm i you so in general right any class could have folks coming from different backgrounds like you're talking about different areas but like adding covid to the mix and it has become kind of like it's become a little political it's become a contentious issue folks have different opinions you know masks, vaccines, like everybody has a a viewpoint and not everybody's viewpoints mesh well together. So I'm sure you're seeing that. Yeah. And we're putting y'all in a classroom of 130. So that can create um, feelings. Mm -hmm. People are feeling their feelings and they, I'm sure they express them in different ways. Yeah. And it's hard because you want to be like fair, but again, like how are you supposed to accommodate everything and everyone's views? You just can't. And some people feel if they're being more careful because of COVID, maybe they're not getting like the lab time that mm-hmm. they need. And so they're not in the lab as much. Right. And so then they're like, well, my grade suffered because I couldn't be in the lab. And it's like, well, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. There's right. nothing I can do, you know. And as the executive board, you're going to hear all of that. And you have mm-hmm. to deal with that, which is a whole nother level of stress on top of schoolwork. How are you dealing with that? Are you glad you are on the executive board? <laughs> I'm glad we have each other. I know that there's things that I can help calm down Megan on or like give her another perspective on it and she can do the same for me. So as president, she usually filters out most of the concerns that come through and we're able to rely on each other to talk through it together. So that helps a lot. Would you consider each other your work wives? Oh, 120%. (laughs) Without hesitation. Um, Yeah, I agree. I do not regret being president. I hope to hold the position for four years. I really enjoy it. However, I think people don't realize how, like, just draining it is Mm -hmm. because um, there's not just, like, political things like, oh, I have to be diplomatic about this and that. There's also, like, emotional things that students come to you with. Like, this is a very hard part of your life, Mm -hmm. and it's very formative, and, like, people are going through it. And they come to you because they think that you can change things, and that's very emotionally draining for me. Like, we, I had one week a few weeks ago, and I spent, like, hours one week just emotionally working through something with someone and that just took a lot out in me so it's definitely just adapting to this new role and relying heavily on Nirali. <laughs> what would you tell someone who's listening who's like I really want to hold an executive board position in veterinary school? 
I think one, experience is super important. Although, um, if you're getting into vet school, you probably have leadership positions in your resume. And so you're probably more than qualified. So more than that, it's about really wanting to like be that representative and being that voice. Because if you don't already know, every class in vet school gets a personality and they get like known for something that can be great. Um, It it can be bad. You know, (laughs) there's, there's no way to tell um, out the gate and you are like the point person for that. Mm -hmm. And you have to walk like a very thin line of keeping everyone in line and being the person that they want to come to. So if you're comfortable with that kind of position, absolutely do it. It's only going to make vet school feel like more family oriented rather than just work. I feel like they are my family and I am helping them. I think the other side of it is that it being on the exec board is not the only way to be involved. So really like look at all your options, prioritize and figure out what you want to do. If you want to serve on exec board, yeah, great, do it. But if you would rather have more hands-on experiences with different um, wet labs and stuff, maybe you want to focus your time on one of the clubs and work towards a leadership position in that club. Yeah. Sometimes I think I would want to, I would have wanted to be on the exec board, but all I hear from the president, vice president, is just like everyone coming to you and complaining. And I, I can't, I cannot do it. So what are your coping mechanisms? How are you more patient? How are you able to stomach the constant vitriol that is complaining in vet school? I think Megan and I are both people who really like to be in the know and like know everything that's going on. So I think this like fits both of us really well. Um, But addressing the question that you asked specifically, I think it's knowing when to ask for help. And there's things that you can't do on your own. So whether that's delegating it to another person on exec board or reaching out to ASA for help, there's always a time point in time where you have to realize that you're not in this alone. I also am a person who's, um, I like to be in the know and I like to be in control. So this is a great position for me. Retweet. But I also am very unapologetically blunt and I can be like, it's nitty and gritty, like just rub it in the dirt. You're going to be fine. Um, And that doesn't work for everyone. So me being like that, I have to like adapt. And when I'm going to be a vet, I'm literally doing communication and being sympathetic and empathetic every single day, which is huge. And so this is like a learning curve for me as well. And I'm super happy to do that. Oh, so it's good practice for you for for your future career. Yeah, well, hopefully. (laughs) I think I'm sure it will be. Um, Okay, so talk to me about you both went to UF for undergrad, but now you're at UF vet school. Mm -hmm. Similarities and differences. Similarities, I feel like In undergrad, I was already in contact with a lot of the people that are involved with the vet school. So not only students, but also um, administration. So um, going back to the students portion, I was in uh, minority pre-vets in undergrad at UF. And a lot of the uh, representatives from the valid club at UFCVM would come and guest lecture to us or like have panels with us. So coming into UFCVM, even if they didn't recognize me, I could recognize them. And it just helps having those familiar faces differences wise everything (laughs) I mean everybody is like oh UF 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 vet is its own world Mm -hmm. oh completely scheduling different the class blocks different um the way courses are structured different obviously we have a class for like a week and then a test and then we have one all semester um and like six tests so everything's super different in that way that which is the biggest change that we had to adapt to but would you say that not having to learn Gainesville and just feeling like comfortable where you are is helpful because then that's one last thing on your plate? Or are you ever like, oh, it would have been nice to go to another school and experience a different town? 
I think that answer could be different for a lot of people. So I true. like comfortability. Amen. <laughs> I love my couch. I love being at home. Um, I don't like to be taken out of my zone. So I've been in Gainesville a long time, and I love that. And it did take stress away. I would have been so stressed. Like, I can go to the grocery store in 20 minutes, and, like, some people who don't – are coming from like the north yeah. maybe are having trouble finding publics right. and like don't understand <laughs> yeah that it's a pleasure yeah. <laughs> i think megan and i both talked about this right when we had our first exam or first quiz and we were like oh well there's a lot of people that are still adapting to this area mm-hmm. and we are privileged in the fact that we already know the area so it's one less stressor for us right. and i think we could both definitely agree on that part so that's probably a know yourself better question folks as you're picking where you want to go for vet school and of course like you can you can get used to the community and the town and you can take your time and energy to do that and it doesn't have to take long however The first few months, one could argue, are the scariest months because you're getting used to everything. So if you wanted to alleviate some of that stress, maybe you would pick a school that you're more familiar with or you have friends and family nearby. But if you're like, go get her daredevil adventurous and you just want to like have everything chaotic, you can pick a school in New Zealand. Yeah, I have friends that um, maybe aren't even necessarily going to vet school, but I'm like, you would thrive going somewhere (laughs) else. Like, I know that they're just like adventurous and like want to get out in the world. And so I think leaving Gainesville because I went to undergrad with them, is, like, ideal. We always talk about how your study habits changed from undergrad to vet school. Has that felt true? For me, yes. I think I've realized that I need to study a lot more than I was in undergrad, and you have to make time for all the other stuff. So you're literally studying almost all day, every day. And I hate that for you guys. Yeah, it's, it's hard, but you're building the habits, like the work habits that you're going to have as a professional, right? So it's learning how to be a human around the studying time. I got really lucky. I was able to develop really good study habits or what worked for me or like later on in undergrad. And I saw my sister going through vet school. Yeah. Um, you you should t- probably tell that story. Uh, my sister went to, <laughs> my sister went to vet school. She, so <laughs> Megan's sister is Taylor from the class of 2019, who was also the president. And so you lived with her while she was in vet school at yes. some point. So you really got to see what it was like. Or not see her at all. Right. Got, so right? true. So you kind of learned. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've lived with her. Um, through her third and fourth year. She was president all four years, and she ended up a salutatorian, so second in her class. And it's hard to follow that up, but I got to learn a lot of things. So she, like, implemented making outlines and, like, using groups to help make outlines and kind of, like, alleviate the workload. And so I started implementing that, like, way in undergrad. And so I was able to, like, perfect it and so now going in I make outlines and I do things that I've always known how to do and it's worked out really well for me okay so that's another strategy then students if you go to a school that has a vet school attached to it so like UGA UF University of Tennessee if you could live with a vet student in undergrad Mm -hmm. you would really learn the lay of the land and have all of your expectations would be realistic and it wouldn't be this, like, romantic, oh, I can't wait to go to vet school. It's going to be fabulous. And you don't even have to, like, badger them. Literally, I saw the outline sitting on the table, and I was like, hmm. And I just looked at it for a second. It's now my life. So I yeah. you don't even – you just observe. And they're not there that much. Right. So they're not a bother. No, they're not a bother. <laughs> and then you get to be, like – and maybe they become friends with you, and you get to start hanging out with mm-hmm. the vet students. Like, who knows? Yeah. This is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Who do you two live with? <laughs> we both live alone, but we're <laughs> literally always together. So yeah. Okay, and talk about – Pros and cons of living alone in vet school. 
Living alone is very expensive. I'm definitely reconsidering options for the years to come, but it's also great. You have your own space. You can clean when you want to. You can study when you want to. You can come in late, leave early. So obviously those are the the biggest perks, Um, but yeah, the expenses are definitely something to consider. Yeah, I would say that as well. Expenses, I was lucky enough to have a sister who went here and another sister who went to UF as well. So I was able to invest in a house. Um, So that was more alleviated for me. But I can say that it does get kind of lonely. So you're with your class all day and you're with people all day, but then you get home and sometimes you want like just a comfort, like, I don't know, just someone to talk to. Yeah. And I've missed that because I've had roommates in the past Mm -hmm. and that can be hard for me, especially because I feel like I'm not putting on a front all day, but I'm, you know, being the best I can be. So I kind of just want to chill out and just, you know, chew the fat with somebody on the couch, right? I understand that. See, I'm the opposite. I feel like once I get home after being around people all day, I need alone time. I need time to decompress after being social in a way for the entire day. So that's why I love being alone. Do you identify as an introvert, Norley? Yes, I'm more introverted than extroverted. Are you an extrovert, Megan? Uh, no, I'm an introvert, but I'm um, highly like outgoing introvert. Yeah. Like if some, I can approach somebody and talk to somebody at like at any moment, any time, and I'm confrontational. Mm-hmm. But I would choose. <laughs> and I'm confrontational. Well, I think that's important to say, but I choose <laughs> to be alone. <laughs> say that so with such a uh, vigor. So we've talked about being on the executive board. We talked about the crazy amount of classes that you have. Um, would you say, like, so Norelli, you took my undergrad class, um, and we tell y'all so much, like, how intense vet school is. Do y'all feel like it's doable? Talk about how it's doable, or what would make it more doable? Talk about that. Because, I mean, in undergrad, you're like, your life is your own audience. You have no idea. <laughs> undergrad you have all this time you have classes you know hither and thither you don't a lot of you don't have to study that that far in advance you can study the night before and vet school is a lot different so talk about like the doability so I don't think vet school is like oh no I'm drowning like I can't do anything I think it's more of like okay there's like a big puddle of water I'm gonna see how I can traverse it carefully so planning in everything. So I plan in when I'm going to eat, when I'm going to cook, when I'm going to clean, when I'm going to study, when I'm going to wake up. So like I break it down to all of that in order to be able to be sane in a sense, but that's just my personality type. So Megan. That gives me stress. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking of planning out when I eat gives me stress. (laughs) Um, I do plan obviously, but I think it's completely doable, but it does feel like you're drowning sometimes. That's completely true. I studied a lot in undergrad, but I thought I had a lot less time than I actually did. Now I have barely any, Right. but I I have to remind myself to make time for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely doable. It's just a little scary. And I feel like some people, a lot of the time people look over the fact that you are, you don't have enough time because you are learning so much. I literally cannot comprehend how much I've learned. I cannot <laughs> comprehend how I know the anatomy of a dog in five weeks. I just don't really get how I did that. Um, but it's really exciting. And so the achievement like of knowing that pays off like mm. tenfold. Okay. So what I hear y'all saying is it's an adjustment period. You have to find what works for you. Each person is different and have gratitude about like, okay, yeah, I have less time, but look at all the things I'm doing with that time right. while still making time for yourself. Accurate. Thank you. What <laughs> advice do you have for pre-vet students? What do they need to hear from each of you, from your experience, from undergrad to now being thrown into vet school? What is something you hope that they take away? 
I think my biggest thing is don't be afraid to ask for help. Obviously, try to figure out the answer on your own, but there's no shame in seeking out extra additional help for anything, whether it's for classes, for guidance, whatever it may be. I think mine is, actually, to comment on hers, don't be stubborn. I think it's very easy. A lot of us, like, pre-vets or vet students are type A, and they are headstrong, and they're very independent, um, or they're so smart that they usually don't have to ask for help. Don't do that. Um, uh, I was stubborn, and so I, I think that that held me back. But more specifically, I think, you know, just, like, enjoy it. And I know that sounds so stupid and cliche, but um, it is – it's just like the next chapter that you're doing and every week is like something new for me. Like <laughs> we're doing a new class every week, like next week. So it's absolutely new. So just stress so hard over something that's happening today is a waste of time. Ooh, you're so right. I'm so smart. You're so smart. <laughs> you're so smart. You're both so smart and talented and have great leadership skills. But that is a lovely point. Like it's really in your face with vet school. Yeah. I could understand in undergrad, if you're taking physics one, that feels like an eternity. Mm -hmm. That's four months of just terror. In vet school, what, did you love physics? We took physics together. Oh, my God. <laughs> classic, <and> <laughs> classic. It just feels like, though, for, like, if you have a class for a week, why am I stressing about this? It's going to be over in a week. I love the phrase. I don't know if you all have ever heard this, but if you're dealing with something difficult, let's say you have a meeting at 2 p.m. and it's 8 a.m. and you're stressing about it, you can tell yourself, this will be over by dinner. And it makes it feel so much less like, why do I care about this? Mm -hmm. And I, I've also seen the graph where it shows you for 70 years, there's a dot for every day. And it's just like, like the, these dots are minuscule. And it's like, this day does not matter. <laughs> In the stretch of my life of potentially seven years, one day, one issue, one confrontation that Megan likes to get into, it just doesn't matter. Hey, I'm just not even sent me this graph yet. It could have helped my mental health, I but here you are. I'm going to send you the graph. <laughs> I'm going to send everyone this graph because it's just like, everyone look it up. It's like 70 years of day dots or whatever. But it's just really good perspective of like, I do not need to worry about this. And I, we do that in like not intentionally. I literally be like, just this week, once it's over, like what's two more days? Who cares? I say that to her all the time. Yeah. And you're just, yeah. Now, one could also say another aphorism is like the opposite of a truth is also true. So one day could really be impactful. Everything with balance. That's what I hear you two saying. Balancing everything, having a good attitude, having to balance dealing with your classmates. And by dealing, like, you enjoy it, but it's a lot of work. Well, Megan and Norelli, thanks so much for being on the show today. I'm so happy to be here. I loved being able to share some of my thoughts and my wisdom with you guys. Yes, and you all listening in will be where these students are, maybe someday in the booth, doing a podcast for pre-vets. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon.